Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one. A poor investment written by Wall of Shadows. Cave of Teeth looked at the folk peddler with boredom. He had come up with his ship from some minor armor repair, and was here was trying to sell him some damned Death World monster. Rather, something they claimed was a monster. Folk were all the same. As you can clearly see, it is the strength of a heavy welder. Cave of Teeth raised his dorsal place in annoyance. Not even folk had audacity to bullcrap an eater of the swamp about high-gravity worlds. Armored by beetle slabs twice the mass of most sentients, they are a species one took few liberties with. Not as grav-adapted as your people, of course, he said quickly. It also sports. The peddler droned on. No matter what sad little accident from a dead-end world folk had in their cargo hold, they always tried to settle them as death-world creatures. Extra strong, poison-resistant, invisibility, magic appendages that when ground up and snorted doubled your reproductive success. Enormous bacterial... Wait, say that again? Well, fine, sir. I said that this particular specimen carries more than its own weight in parasitic and symbiotic microorganisms. In fact, it has the cellular structure merged with... Freck that! Are you telling me this sun-cursed piece of dry meat is a biological weapon? Shouted Cave of Teeth angrily. I assure you, sir, that it is not. We folk may be many things, but self-destructive we are not, explained the folk merchant indignantly. None of these bacteria, save one, have any hope of infecting life in this part of the galaxy. Cave of Teeth continued to glower. Save one? Yes, Save one, a particularly aggressive species that has colonized its skin. We have unable to destroy the infection, but we were able to edit its genetic code to render it temporarily unable to spread known sentient species. It is likely a vaccine will need to be developed, though, as it shows a remarkable ability to evolve. Right, and why exactly do I need one of these, uh, what did you call them again? A tiny glint was barely discernible in the folk's eye. It knew it had made a sale today. Your people are known far and wide for their abilities as hunters and trackers, are they not? And do you not keep hunting beasts to help you track and kill? Well, sir, this Hugh Mangs, they're a perfect kinners. Simply set them on a scent of your prey and they'll run them down and destroy them. I personally guarantee your satisfaction. Personally, guaranteed my rear, thought Cave of Teeth, no folk caravan ever stopped in the same world twice when sixteen orbits. How much? Ah, for the low price of four thousand and eighty credits you can... Crap, Cave of Teeth's armor plates deflated suddenly. He wasn't about to spend more than a month's earning on a so-called death world creature. Not even when it could stand Swampside. Just give me a gauntlet and settle my bill. I see muttered the sullen peddler. He oversold and undercharged, and there was no way he was getting rid of the thing now. Well, I'll tell you what. We actually caught three of these monsters. One had a big put-down before we could subdue it. You've seen the one we have for sale, but the last one was defective. 
It won't be ravenous beast like the other, but it can at least be training for your beasts you have. I'm sure you don't get a chance to train them properly here on this quiet backwater. I'll let it go for, let's say, 1248. With that, your gauntlet repair brings the total to 1504 credits. Cave of Teeth stared at suspension chamber sitting in the landing apron. He still couldn't quite believe that his son of the daylight had talked him into buying a worthless animal. Well, nothing to do now but test it out. He cracked the seal on the unit and he kept the RF discharge bar pointed squarely at the Humang. It was called whatever. He took a closer look. Cave of Teeth wasn't sure how well these single-use suspension tanks reanimated their cargo, but he thought that it should be waking up by now. Sure enough, he saw a movement. Betty. Scrap. He just suspected the trash animal couldn't even move in its gravity. It just lay there, whimpering. The damn thing was tiny, barely larger than a folk. It sure wasn't furry like one, though. Just a pale flesh mostly covered in some kind of fabric. They must be from an especially hot world, he supposed, for the folk to throw in protective wear without an additional charge. Cave of Teeth had gone too long without a hunt. He didn't suppose this ridiculous excuse for a monster was going anywhere, but he pulled out his comm and ordered a combat drone to make sure that it didn't do anything dangerous. He returned in a quarter rotation. The days and events must have taxed Cave of Teeth's patience more than he thought because he'd found himself hunting more animals than he'd planned. After so large a meal, he really hadn't wanted to see the thing that he'd wasted so much money on, so he vowed to evaluate first thing in the morning. When morning came, its condition hadn't much improved. It had gotten up from whimpering to something far worse, some expression of severe stress that he'd never seen before. It had soiled itself as well. At least, it showed some signs of intelligence today. Its eyes met cave of teeth with fear. He suppressed his hunter's instinct and roughly lifted the creature from the pod. It was far heavier than he had expected, which did suggest a high-gravity origin. But if that were the case, it should be able to pick itself up. Dismissing these pointless thoughts, he ruffled his plates and dropped the human casually to the ground. Over the next one-sixteenth rotation, Cave of Teeth poked, prodded, kicked, threatened, and shouted at the helpless figure, coughing, sobbing, and leaking fluids from its eyes, nose, and mouth. Nothing. No sign of aggression. No sign even that it had the strength to move itself other than to cover its vital organs with its limbs. Disgusted with its own stupidity, he decided that feeding the monster to the scent pack would at least allow him to recoup a tiny portion of the money that he'd sunk into it. Long, lean hexapods nearly the size of this creature, the scent pack could live for days on the dense meat as poor investment was made of. As he dragged it closer to the enclosure, the beasts threw themselves at the barrier with mindless hunger. Covered in protective golden wool and sporting immense sensory organs on their oversized heads, the scent pack were good for one thing only. They could track prey over any terrain until they caught it or died. Cave of teeth threw the creature over the barrier and watched as it quickly dragged it into its den. Cave of teeth stared at the calm with hatred in his very soul. For the sixteenth time, maybe for the four times sixteenth time, he wondered why he still tracked most eaters of the swamp of his means, those who could afford a private estate out in the out-of-the-way world, either retired or took occasional security contracts. But not him, for some sun-blighted reason he had decided to keep taking bounties. 
Well, at least this one would be easy. The stupid mark hiding in an urban planet. All he had to do was track them down and flush him out. He sighed and strapped in his combat armor, his RF rod and his discreet photon weapon he wasn't strictly permitted to own. He wouldn't have been need to take any of his support beasts, just one combat drone in case of emergencies. Well, mainly in case of a bored customs agent decides to try and inspect his ship. When he finally stopped screaming, he felt ridiculous. Of course, the combat drone didn't know where the scent pack had gone. It was a combat drone, a machine built for war. He had it treating it like an apprentice, but there was no one else for the cave of Deist to blame. Two weeks his simple job had taken, two weeks away from his villa, and when he came back, all he wanted was the opportunity to hunt prey, and now he had to track down his blasted scent pack. Not only that, he had to determine how they had escaped from their enclosure in the first place. He found their trail easily enough. The scent pack was good for many things, but stealth was not one of them. After a day of following it, though, he began to notice something strange. One of the pack had been leaving deeper footprints than it should have. But now, it was different. For a short distance, there was no sign of deeper prints, but another strange pattern in the trail. Then different beasts would increase in weight. Cave of Teeth had no idea how this was possible. Until finally, he caught up to the pack. They traveled faster than Cave of Teeth, of course, but without a quarry to run down, they stopped to rest and play several times per rotation. He slowly lifted his head above the ridge to look down at the valley. There was his scent pack, but there too was the death wilder. He had thrown it to the pack as food, and now somehow it was part of the pack, and had run off with it. This would not stand. He marched down angrily, shouting orders to the suddenly frightened pack. Then impossibly this humang raised itself to its rear limbs and made a noise that sounded remarkably like defiance. Well, he knew what to do about that. He unslung his RF rod from his shoulders, planning one short burst of medium-high frequency. Not enough to cook the damn thing, but just enough to knock it down. As he did, the creature took a small stone in its forepaw and rotated its limbs somehow. He wasn't sure exactly what it planned to do. Cave of Teeth awoke in the dark, his orbital shroud leaking blood. How in the frick did that monster launch the stone with enough force and accuracy to put him down? He hadn't the slightest idea. He realized he suddenly felt comfortable calling it a monster without laughing. Well, he knew what he had to do. He might as well get some real utility out of the damn thing, after all. Back at the villa, Cave of Teeth finished his reanimation cycle in one of his three very expensive cryo units. They contained his prized possessions, Cranian war beasts standing nearly three meters tall and massing 175 kilos. The genetically engineered killers had been bred from giant flying creatures on a nameless death world centuries ago. The genes responsible for growing wings had been rewritten to produce bladed arms and crawled digits, and the genes for the teeth had been re-expressed. Few things in the galaxy could survive against one of these babies unarmed. Even Cave of Teeth needed his comm to control the cerebral restraint device implanted in them from birth. As he loaded the war beasts onto his hovercraft, he wondered if this was strictly necessary. After all, this humang might be a death world of monstrosity itself, but it was hardly dangerous enough to provide any training value. A slightly more self-aware eater of the swamp might ask himself if I were overcompensating due to fear, but Cave of Teeth was not known for his introspection. He finished loading the target data into the beast's implant as the skiff approached the scent pack. 
As he suspected, the human was still amongst them. No matter, the pack were formidable trackers and hunters, but they'd scatter as soon as he dropped a war beast amongst them. Except that's not what happened. As soon as the beast turned towards the creature, the pack turned on it. Many of the pack died horribly, but not before they had ripped strips of flesh out of the war beast's body. The beast crushed the last of the pack with the battered remnants of its leg, but it was too badly injured. It fell down, panting, waiting for its master to put it out of its misery. Emily watched in horror. So many days of waking nightmare, she'd entirely lost track. Well, that's okay. She learned what real nightmares were long ago. As a huge armadillo monster jumped down from the flying car, it pointed a metal stick and an honest-to-God dinosaur thing that just killed her new puppies. All of a sudden, its face caught in fire. On fire! And now the stick was pointing at her. She didn't know how she found the strength to pick the club up, and she found she didn't know why she was so much heavier, why everything was so much heavier here. It took her a week to learn to walk again. She barely managed to hit the monster with the rock yesterday, but she picked it up anyway, and the club well, that was shaped so much like her bat. As she walked towards the armadillo monster, dragging the club behind her, she stared with dead eyes as it rumbled at her. She supposed it was some sort of language, but it just sounded like an angry frog to her. She didn't know why she thought she'd reached the monster before he shot her with his gun. Of course she wouldn't, but she also didn't think that that gun just made her chest feel like she had a fever. It had set the dinosaur monster's face in actual fire, and it was just making her hot. As she got closer, of course, it started making her very hot. She knew she couldn't take much more of this, but there was one thing she could do. She could feel the seat, feel it, just like when she was at bat and everyone was yelling at her, expecting more than she could give. It was hotter than the heat of shame, but it wasn't different. She lined up a shot carefully, so carefully, and drove her bat straight through the oval lump that was the monster's head. Covered in green, sticky blood, Emily sat down and cried. She didn't know what she'd done to deserve this. She'd always tried to be good, to be what everyone wanted of her. But it wasn't ever good enough, and now she was here, on a strange world with a strange sky, covered in alien blood, surrounded by the corpses of the only French that she'd ever had. It wasn't fair. She shouldn't have to feel this bad. She was only twelve. End of story. And that, my friends, is the end of the video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you wish to support the author, check the links down below for the original link. But if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways listed down below. But the easiest would be to share this with as many people as possible to help the channel grow. And I will see you all in the next video. And until then, I hope you all have a good one. Cheers.